What up, gang? How we doing today? Uh, Howard Bender, uh, not here with us today. Unfortunately, uh, Tommy DeVito has fired his agent today, and Howard just couldn't take it. Too sad. One of his favorite characters in the NFL, no longer around. Sean Stiletto is out. So I love Howard Bender. Is that because we were just talking trash about him? With that small business opportunity yesterday, did we cause that? Is that our fault? <laughs> Maybe. I think a lot of people were talking trash about that small business opportunity. I mean, and the thing is, he fired his agent, Tommy DeVito did. He made good on it by going over unpaid, hanging out, drinking some egg cream. Have you ever heard of that? I wish I hadn't. Apparently, it's some sort of soda of some kind I, that you drink if you live in like New Jersey. I have no idea, but it looked pretty, I'm drunk. <laughs> it looked pretty weird. But anyway, yeah, now Howard Bender doesn't have power today. So we're taking over. We're going to do uh, the normal breakdown like we usually do. We're going to hit on your questions in the chat. We see you guys, AA, Dino Fontaine. We're going to do underdog like we always do, but we're also going to do a little bit of a holiday party today. We're going to find our favorite NFL players and invite them to a holiday party uh, based on what famous holiday characters they might fit into. So I hope you guys are feeling festive today. Uh, I'll keep these lights on this one because I know in the past, the blinking has been a problem for certain people. But yeah, we're hanging out. Thank you guys for joining us. Britt Flynn at my side today for Howard Bender. Britt, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so good. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter last night, but my husband surprised me with an early Christmas present, a Johnny Cash black Ibanez acoustic electric guitar. Um, my fingers hurt like hell because I could not put that thing down. Um, but yeah, I'm really great. And you know, if I'm here that it has to be a party, right? Sorry, like <laughs> I don't make an appearance for nothing. It's a yeah. party if I show up. Audi Coop's going to be fired up. Big, probably the biggest <laughs> Brit Flynn out here. She likes Howard too. Her and Howard are Facebook fans. If it was up to her, the show would probably be you and Howard. But uh, it's you and me today. So what we'll do, why don't we get into uh, why don't we get to some notes? We see you guys, AA, Sellers, Dino Fontaine. We're definitely going to get to questions in the chat. But why don't we get into some news and notes around the NFL? And Britt, historically on this show, you have been the news and notes desk. So what do you got for us? I have been... But admittedly, I hate to bring this up because this is the person that I least want to talk about, but we have to talk about it because last week, Aaron Rodgers was, quote, medically cleared for week 16 and everybody was really excited about it. Like, oh, is he going to come back? Is he not? Well, on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, he said that his season is officially over and said that it was unrealistic for him to come back 14 weeks out from the Achilles injury. And I wrote in the notes, oh, no shit. Like, no, <laughs> we didn't think that a 39-year-old quarterback was going to come back 14 weeks out from Achilles surgery. We just didn't think that that was going to happen. I think that that's a way for him to stay in the spotlight. Um, but also, he wants to continue this narrative and says he also doesn't think that next season is going to be his last. So we're going to continue to get all the Aaron Rodgers drama, much to the chagrin of myself. Yeah. So he said all that on the Pat McAfee show. And then today I see that they actually activated him to the active roster for some reason. So he says he can't play right now. And then he still goes out and has them activate him. I mean, it might not mean much to us and maybe in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but that means that one player that was going to be on the active roster is going to 
get got bumped from the roster, right? From the 53-man roster. So just so this guy can hang out in pads and not play, most likely. So I don't know, man. That's bugging me, dude. It, it really I mean, does bug me. It's so annoying because you know that he's not going to play. I feel like if the Jets were in playoff contention, that they would have gone. And maybe if he was, you know, medically cleared like he supposedly is, if they were in playoff contention, that he would. But this is a huge quitter mentality. Like, oh, we're out of the playoffs. Like, I just don't really care. Don't really want to go out there and like do the thing. I'm just going to sit up. But you guys got to keep me because of all those compensation and compensatory picks that you got from the trade. So that's why you're on the active roster. Like, it's just a master of manipulation. And I really honestly cannot stand it. Yeah, with that competitive stuff, I do worry about it. Uh, Not just with this team, but some teams I look around at teams that like, have already been eliminated from the playoffs. And there's certain players, like certain personality types, where I worry a little bit about how how high their compete level is going to be, right? You look at, especially a guy like, for instance, the Tennessee Titans have now been eliminated. Their quarterback, Will Levis, suffered high ankle sprain. Who knows going to be quarterback, but like a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, like I don't I just don't know how I can trust a guy like that to come out and give it 110% in a game that doesn't matter with a backup quarterback. So we'll talk about some of that today. Uh, what else you got for notes floating around in the uh, NFL news sphere? Well, I just also want to say, I feel like with the transfer portal um, in relation to that competitive nature, yeah, we're getting, getting, wild. getting a lot more indication of, do you love playing football because you love playing football or do you love playing because you love to win? Obviously everyone loves to win, but what is your pure motivation and with the transfer portal we're we're seeing a, a lot more of that but anyway this I, isn't dude, a college football show <laughs> well still though i want to like you know we talk all football on here and again folks in the chat definitely get your questions in we see you grumpy sports we see you dino we're going to get to those for sure we just want to hit on some notes real quick at the top of the show like we usually do you know get the housekeeping out of the way and get right into it and again for those just jumping in no howard bender today uh no power over at his neck of the woods so He's able to do some Discord stuff, do some of that stuff from his phone. But yeah, no show today. We got Britt Flynn with us, though, so a special treat. And we're going to do a little holiday show, a little holiday uh, segment coming up in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, with the transfer portal stuff, and again, it's starting to turn into this thing where they're going they're going to have to make a decision on expanding the playoff or not because – Right now, they're they're clinging to the idea that bowl games are meaningful outside of the, the the playoff. If you expand the playoff, you run the risk of really eliminating all the meaning from all the other games, right? Yep. So I don't know. I don't know what direction you think they should go with that. Well, but on the flip side, so I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I do some of the college projections for mm-hmm. Fantasy Alarm. I do Pac-12 and SEC. A lot of these teams who have been eliminated from the playoffs, specifically Oregon and Georgia, everybody's transferring. Everybody's opting out. This is not a meaningful game, even though it's a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day bowl game. Like, it's not meaningful for them. They're all trying to get out, all trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, I personally think that that's a little bit harmful for the college football product. Could it? Put a playoff in. Put an extra couple of games in there. Because there's already been controversy over the Florida State being left out, Georgia being left out after only one loss to Alabama. You know, it's just there are too many different variables in there to not put more good teams in these 
playoffs. That's the biggest egg on the face part of the entire thing, Britt. Of the entire thing is that they essentially made the playoff to take the heat off this argument of like who's the national champion and like having a committee decide all this stuff. And then this year what happens, it boils down to a committee having to decide. Like that is insane that they set the whole thing up to avoid the committee and then the committee is is what we ended up with. And the committee calls FSU out. Like that is just, that's poetry right there. I think they do got to expand it because if you do it to 12 teams, now there's going to be a lot, there's a lot less argument there because obviously on the bubble, People are going to argue, but there's probably not going to be 12 undefeated teams, right? Yeah, so there's that, a big discrepancy in right. between the four and the 12. Right, he, exactly. It's like, you know what, whatever. At that stage, you can there will be quabbles, but it won't be on this level, right? Because every undefeated team is going to be in at the very least, hopefully. So we'll see on that. Yep. Back to NFL news. That's what matters for us. Brett. Yeah, so Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson um, obviously had some problems with the Chargers. That's why he was released and let go. He was picked back up by the Patriots, but he has now been placed on the NFI list after he wasn't on the sidelines on Sunday, despite being active. Of course, Bill Belichick is giving his typically vague answer when asked why he wasn't on the sidelines, saying, well, he just wasn't available. He wasn't available. Well, he was available on the list. So what's going on with this guy? Um, They've already dealt with a lot of issues going on to say the least team yeah i that's putting it mildly so if something is going on with jc jackson that just puts another wrinkle in their defense going forward yeah and i'll tell you this has already happened where he was disciplined earlier this year for missing uh meetings they didn't bring him on the trip to germany like at all right Mm -hmm. so like that's been the MO with this guy. And we all know, you know, Jonathan Jones has his own issues, right? He's had off the field issues. And then, of course, you know, brought the guns to the airport. Uh, you know, Marcus Jones is out. And I'll tell you what, the more I look at all this stuff, the fact that they lost Christian Gonzalez, the fact that they lost uh, Matt Judon, and that this defense is still number one in DVO, DVOA versus the run, Gerard Mayo, in my opinion, is in if he, If Belichick doesn't leave, and he doesn't become the Patriots head coach, he's going to end up being a head coach or at the very least a coveted defensive coordinator somewhere else because for him to hold this whole thing together the way he has this year missing their two best players, I mean, it's happening. Oh, uh-oh, yeah. Brian Burns popping in. A little a little foreshadowing. We invited Brian Burns to the holiday party, so uh, coming up a little later, he might be popping on for that segment as well. Uh, but yeah, so dry mail, what do you think? Yeah, I don't really know a lot about Mayo, but I will say just the Patriots defense as a whole, the way that they have competed with all of these injuries with honestly the negative game scripts that they've been in and they've been out on the field so much, they're exhausted and they're still getting the job done. So whatever they're doing there on defense in New England is is really working. Yeah, so Gerard Mayo ended up being a fairly young NFL coach because he played linebacker for the Patriots and was very good, but he tore his patellar tendon. Oh, which is one of the worst injuries you can have. It's the injury that Victor Cruz had. It's the injury that Cadillac Williams, remember Cadillac Williams, mm-hmm. it, it pretty much derailed his career. David Boston, like very few guys have come back from it. Jimmy Graham is one of the few that actually came back from that injury. So he suffered that injury, couldn't really come back, had to retire early, but then, you know, started his coaching career early because of it, right? At a fairly young age. So, you know, he's 37 years old in line to be potentially head coach here. So, and seems like a great guy. So shout out Gerard Mayo. What else you got, Brett? I would like to be a head coach at 37. 
Just saying. Be nice, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Colts, it, not really big news for fantasy, but it is something of interest. The Colts did suspend wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie and their cornerback Tony Brown for the rest of the season for conduct detrimental to the team. Now, we don't know a lot of the details, actually any of the details, as to why they got expend- or suspended, but a little bit interesting. I don't... Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it either. I was I was looking. I was looking for a reason why. And teams do this sometimes. I mean, sometimes they come out and say, you know what, this guy was missing meetings, he was missing curfew, you know, or sometimes they just do like Belichick did with Malcolm Butler and never tell us. So I don't know. It, it's hard to say, but I imagine my guess would be it's related to missing meetings or practice or things like that. You, it's if it's if it's one guy, then sometimes it's off the field thing or something like that. But when it's two guys, it's usually you know two guys that are kind of troublemakers to some degree. Maybe they're friends. Who knows? But uh, that's it's usually something where they say, "Hey, you know what? You guys are done. We're like we're done with this behavior." So, well, not being suspended for questioning tips or not telling on people who are drinking on the job. At least yeah. we know that that's not the situation. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, um, that's a, that's another story for sure. But yeah, I mean. if you guys have been following my Twitter, you know a little bit about that. But also a very interesting story coming out of California is that former NFL running back Derek Ward, who was on the Giants 2007 Super Bowl winning team, was arrested due to his involvement in a string of robberies in the L.A. area. He was involved in the robberies of at least five businesses, including gas stations. Now, he didn't use a gun, apparently, but it was more of the threat of intimidation or force. But what are these guys doing? What what are you doing robbing a gas station? You're a Super Bowl winner. What what is happening? Man, that I mean, and the thing is, the league can only do so much with this stuff. You've seen it with a couple high profile basketball players that, Mm -hmm. you know, Pretty much, uh, you know, end up I uh, end up on the on the streets, end up having mental health issues, things like that. I mean, the, the reality is because of high how high profile these industries are, these companies are. We follow these people, but you know, not every company is responsible for their employees. Once those employees, I mean, I would venture to say, very few of them are. So I know people like to point blame at the NFL and say, you know what concussions or this or that, or this guy should have had more help or, or all these things. But at the end of the day, people are responsible for themselves. So it, I don't that know. is true. But I still feel like maybe they should have better resources, especially in hindsight, just learning what we now know about concussions and yeah. and actions like that. I feel like maybe the NFLPA should put out some kind of organization that offers mental health assistance to former athletes and kind of keeps them on the right track and keeps them from going down this bad path. I don't, so, again, I don't know what happened, why he did this, but with, like you said, the NBA, other players in the NFL who are high profile, it feels like it's more of an occurrence than it should be. Truly, that, I mean, that that's definitely true. There's, and I've seen plenty of, uh, you know, I've seen uh, links from Wes Welker. He posted like all the stuff, all the hoops he had to jump through to get his in- insurance and everything set up. And that was while he was a coach like within the league still, like still around the system. He had a hard time with it too. So I know that stuff needs to be sorted out. And again, yeah, I will say, I don't know what's going on with him or what the situation is. But I mean, again, this also isn't, we don't even know if it is related to mental health or anything like that. Right. We've, seen, we've seen some bad eggs out there. So I don't know, but that is wild. 
five different robberies, you know. And, and gas again, stations. What? You're going to get Where are you going to rob a gas station? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to get caught. Yeah, here you go. You're going to, it's like, that's one You didn't where... use a gun, Burns. So yeah, but <laughs> if you slide a note though, that's the same thing. Or yeah. you just stand there looking tough. I mean, he is a former NFL player, but yeah, right. I mean, you hate to see that. So yeah, well, we'll move on from that. Just a couple other quick notes here. Um, Chargers running back Austin Eckler said he is quote, still painting my resume for 2024 free agency. So to me, that does not sound like he's very happy with the situation in LA. Obviously, we've talked at length about Kellen Moore and his usage and splitting that backfield with Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. So what are your thoughts on Austin Eckler? Do you think he actively tries to remain in Los Angeles or do you think he tries to go somewhere else? I think with this quote, like, and again, Sometimes you see situations where the coaches get fired and then it's all fun and games and everybody wants to stay. Like, it seems like a lot of the Raiders now with the Antonio Pierce, they're kind of on board. Like Josh, earlier this year, when it, before the season even started, Josh Jacobs was like, I don't like how things have gone. Devontae Adams said, I came here for Derek Carr and they got rid of him. Now that all those guys are gone, those guys are happy. Eckler coming out to say this after all those guys were fired, doesn't sound like he's on board with Kellen Moore. And I, that scares me that that's the case because so I, you hope that when they fire the coach, that the 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 interim coach just leans on the stars, right? Like that's what happened with the Raiders, and that's what we wanted here. But as you pointed out with Kellen Moore, he he kind of likes the split. He liked the split before with Zeke and Tony Pollard. So maybe that doesn't change the split. But at least we know that Eckler's going to keep balling out. He's not going to pack it up. So uh, you know, I, you can start him where you have to. But I don't even know if I rank him top twenty anymore. The way that he's been utilized. Yeah, absolutely. And he has a tough matchup next week as well. So not great. Congrats to Ryan in the chat. Congrats to SFB 14. We're already doing us SFB 14. Let's go. Shout out. And I'll tell you what, I've been uh nothing nothing in stone yet, but I've been talking to some of the uh, I've been talking to Scott Fish. I've been talking to some of the mods over at Reddit, and we're going to try and bring a little contest to Reddit. So if you're not part of that community, I know Fantasy Alarm, we give you guys a ton of chances to get in, but I'm definitely going to make sure all the Fantasy Alarm members, everybody knows what the detail is with these Reddit contests that we're hopefully going to be running to try and bring charity to more people and bring more people to the Scott Fish Bowl. So uh, I'll give you guys a detail on that when that's up. I'm sure I'll write an article or two on that. So but yeah, Scott Fish Bowl, man, a lot of fun. I, I had the... Uh, the privilege of going to do the shopping trip in Boston with uh, Bob Gilchrist and no, yeah. So I, I didn't send you pictures on that. I tweeted, no. I, I, I retweeted a video on that. Yeah, I got to go with Bob Gilchrist and uh, and Mike Fiella and you know a bunch of we brought the kids everything. It was it was great, man. And it's crazy to see how many toys you can get for you know fifteen thousand dollars, right? It's like an absolute a full truck full. The Marines come and pick up pick it up. So just know. That when you jump in the Scott Fishbowl uh, satellites and all these things, trying to get in the Scott Fishbowl and donate and buy the shirts and do all that stuff, that gives you a chance to get in this tournament and compete, which is a ton of fun. But when you do that, you also are literally buying toys for kids. So shout out Scott, shout out Scott Fishbowl, and shout out Ryan Boltzmann for getting in, dude. Awesome. Especially in this holiday season. Very, yeah. very appropriate right now. Um, so just a couple more notes here. Nothing really big. Um, Arthur Blank says that we will let the season play out before deciding Arthur Smith's future. Um, I know how we want it all to go. Um, hopefully they get rid of him. 
or at least give him a stern talking to and say, hey, we have three top 10 draft picks here. Let's use them. But sure. uh, I don't know how that's going to go. And then George Pickens on not blocking on a crucial run play. He was just like, I didn't want to get injured. His lack of commitment, I feel like, is why he fell down the draft boards the way that he did. And then now he's just confirming that's that he crazy, doesn't have dude. commitment. I didn't that... want to get injured. Guess what? Nobody wants to get injured, but you still do your job. It's starting. And, and he's it's not start- doing his job. It's starting to seem like, like I think I might have actually discovered the the Steelers' secret, right? I think I might have discovered the Steelers' secret to um, to finding all these breakout wide receivers and all these discount wide receivers is they just go after the guys with the worst possible attitudes, starting with Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant, and they just hope that they figure it out, right? But I mean, it's not a bad strategy, to be honest, because like, if you're going to choose between guys that aren't talented, but have good attitudes, guys that are talented with bad attitudes, I mean, it might make more sense just to try and scoop up as many of those guys as possible. Chase Claypool in the chat. Great point, dude. I mean, like, hey, that might be the secret sauce. And maybe the Patriots need to start scooping up more guys with bad attitudes because it seems like- Well, they scooped up booty. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the way, dude. Let's let's go for these. Let's get more punks in town and see if we can straighten them out, because just drafting guys that aren't good, that's not the way to go. Uh, I've handled dozens of balls. (laughs) There it is, parents. Let's get into uh, let's check the chat real quick and answer some questions there. And then we'll do some injury news and then maybe we'll do a little underdog. So uh, in the chat here, AA wants to know, uh, shout out AA hanging out with us all the time. Uh, Half point PPR flex. Rashi Rice, Zeke Elliott, Javante Williams, Gus Edwards, or Sam Laporta. So his starting lineup must be loaded. Mm-hmm. If those, are, if those, if that's a flex decision. So I don't know. I'll tell you one right off the bat. I'm going to rule out Gus Edwards, and honestly, probably also Javante Williams against the Patriots. I don't think that's a good matchup. So I will now hand it off to you to make the difficult decision of Rashi Rice, Zeke, or Laporta. Yeah, I'm looking. I haven't done my matchup previews yet. I've been working on them, but I haven't gotten all the way through. Yeah, um, good, good matchup for Zeke. Good matchup for Rashi Rice. And Laporta is kind of like middle of the pack. I, I think I think you have to go Rice here, to be honest, just based on the target volume that he's seeing and his ability to get yards after the catch. He is emerging as that wide receiver one in that offense. But, man, it's really hard to bench Sammy Laporta. It's hard to bench Zeke, too, to be honest. I mean, the thing with Sam Laporta is when you go through, like, he and he is better in standard and half PPR, but he doesn't have a lot of, like, big yardage games, you know? And the three-touchdown game this week really papers over the two bad games against the Bears where he only had, like, 20 yards, 18 yards. And some of these other games where he only has, like, 40 yards. We This is the problem we run into with the flex, and I have a hard time correcting people on it. People, people always think I'm going to answer with the tight end because I'm the tight end guy, you know what right. I mean? But, but the reality is the, a lot of the support we have for these guys is based on positional scarcity. where when Trey McBride gets 10 targets at hundred yards, we go crazy. But if Rashi Rice gets hundred yards, we're just like, Pretty, it's eh. like meh that's expected exactly and when you know pat fryermuth gets 120 yards we're like wow but you know two wide receivers last week at 140 yards so unless it's tight end premium i honestly usually skew towards running backs and and wide receivers so i think personally it's hard to go away from rashi rice in the matchup he has but i wouldn't mind zeke either i think it's going to be rashi though mm-hmm. yep agreed 
which two would you start for the, the Dino Fontaine? Uh, PPR Higgins, McLaurin, Waddle, Achan, Palmer, Pollard. I'll tell you right now, McLaurin having the breakout game last week has you fired up, but I'm not going to start him against the Jets. No, so. it's a red herring. Has yeah. everybody scared? Right. So I'm it's not going to be go like a that. Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas game because yeah. the perimeter receivers against the Jets typically do not do well at all. And if mm-hmm. Al ends up getting benched again, like Ron Rivera just decided, like, I'm going to protect him and take him out, which nearly screwed me in a bunch of fantasy playoffs, by the way. Thank you, Ron Rivera. Uh, <laughs> then we can't even count on him there. So I think Higgins definitely, with Jamar Chase already being ruled out. Um, Am I crazy for wanting to go Waddle and Palmer? I'm sorry, Waddle and Pollard. I'm not going to start Palmer. So Palmer's out. Yeah, Palmer's out. I'm actually, though, leaning towards Achan because it looks like Jonathan Hankins is trending towards not playing already again this week. And we saw last week with James Cook, the passes, the running ability, like without Jonathan Hankins, that run defense was severely depleted. And so even though he is splitting time with Mostert, I think that Achan could have heavy usage in the passing game. And so I'm kind of leaning Achan. You have Jalen. You have Jalen Waddle and Tony Pollard on the bench. I don't know. It if Tyreek Hill does not play, then we have to move up Waddle. But if Hill does play, it's too early in the week to answer these questions. Right. It is early in the week. Yeah, come back to us with that, Dino. But I think I'm with Britt, man. You got to start Higgins with no chase, and uh, A Chan's got crazy upside. But come back to us with that one uh, in uh, ideally tomorrow. We'll be around for that one. Uh, let's see. Thank you, McLaurin, over each hand call last week. Yes, we were on McLaurin last week. We, the thing is, some of these guys, you have to be very specific with the matchups, especially this year where like the matchups are so drastically. It's been I feel like wild. Huge, like the Jets are just so good. This team, just imagine how good this team would be if Aaron Rodgers was MVP caliber Aaron Rodgers or even just like top 12 QB quality. I mean, yep. it's, it is sad that the way it panned out this way. Uh, what up, sellers? What's happening, man? Full PPR, uh, Drake London or Noah Brown? So Noah Brown didn't practice today. We don't yet know if that is because of a veteran rest day or because it's still that lingering issue. Um, Honestly, I'm leaning Noah Brown because I feel like he's been more consistent, even with Case Keenum, who CJ Stroud's probably not going to start this week. He's not trending towards playing. It was a pretty severe concussion, Um, but he still produced with Case Keenum under center. With Drake London, it has been so hit or miss. And especially with this controversy going on in Atlanta's coaching staff room and Arthur Smith and the usage and this and that, I don't really trust any part of that offense. Yep, I'm with you on that. Uh, Dino Fontaine, Eagles D or Miami D. I got to go Eagles here. I'm not going to start Miami against the Cowboys. Uh, You're not going to get the Cowboys team you got last week. And the over-under on that game is 51 and a half and the spread's one and a half points which tells us that Vegas doesn't think he's going to be like it was last week. So got to go that way. Uh, need a call on a defense this week. Beware, the list is long. Bears at Cardinals, Houston versus Cleveland, Ravens at San Fran, Packers at Carolina, or Seahawks at Tennessee. Ooh. Um, I'm not going to start the Texans against the Bears. I'm not going to start the Texans against the, um, against the Browns. Not right now. And I think that I'm ruling out the Ravens as well, just because of all the weapons on San Francisco. 
Uh, yeah. Honestly, Seahawks at Tennessee may be your best move. If Will Levis isn't able to go and they start Malik Willis, that could be your move. They did intercept Jalen Hurts twice, and that was without Devin Witherspoon and Jamal Adams in their lineup. If those guys are back, I think it's going to be even better. Honestly, in one of my leagues where defenses don't have big negative points for uh, for letting up points, like if you don't have like, you know, some leagues, it's like if you let up 30 points, it's like negative 10. Like defenses can kill you. One of my leagues, like you have to let up like 50 points and it's still like negative four. Like there's not huge penalties. In that league, Seattle's ranked pretty high. Uh, so I'm actually not crazy low on Seattle if that's the case. Of this group, the one I have ranked the highest in my rankings is actually Chicago against mm-hmm. the Cardinals. So it's either Chicago or Seattle for me. Uh, good morning. Oh, we see you. Sorry, Ryan. We have Twitch gang in the house, baby. What's going on? Thoughts on I the Steelers? My glasses. Uh, you're all right, dude. You got your you got your Santa suit. Thoughts on the Steelers next few weeks? I mean, what's there to think about, man? Mason Rudolph is Mason Rudolph. It, it in my opinion, the upside it doesn't go drastically high, but the floor goes lower. And the big problem is that there's not like there's there's no. Like with with Mac Jones, you could at least say, "Oh, they could bench him for Bailey Zappi. They're going to bench him for Mitch Trubisky." Is that what it is? Unless Kenny Pickett comes back, the Steelers are very difficult, and which which stinks because Pat Farmuth has a great matchup. One where last time they played, he caught nine for one twenty, but that was with Kenny Pickett, and we just really can't trust that guy. So, yeah, I'm not feeling great about the Steelers. And everybody thought that Matt Canada was the problem. They were scoring sixteen, seventeen, you know, points in those matchups. Since firing Matt Canada, they are only averaging 14.1 points per game. It's actually lower than what it was with Matt Canada. Matt Canada will pick up another job in college where his place calling style, the gimmicky and, and crazy stuff, really thrives. So I think Matt Canada. I thought this was a match. <laughs> That's right, dude. He'll pick up, pick up a uh, job in Canada. Uh, Stroud out. Do I start Carr, Flacco, or Jake Browning? So this week, I really like Jake Browning. Um, I was hesitant on him up until last week because I hadn't really seen a lot out of him. Now, I will say with Jamar Chase out, it may rule him down a little bit. Um, Flacco was my second. So depending on the injuries and the situation, I like Browning's matchup. But if he doesn't have Chase, which he's obviously not going to, then I think that I tend to lean towards Flacco. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Flacco, I think. Flacco versus the Texans, it's fairly safe. I like to be conservative in fantasy playoffs. With with my like weird starts, I, I start the conservative guy and just hope that my stars can carry me. You know what I mean? I don't like to get too cute with the other ones because I feel like that stuff can kill you sometimes. Getting a zero or, or, a, neg- or a terrible game, so that's where I'm going. Uh, bench one, Olave, Godwin, or JSN? Hmm. JSN, I think. Yeah, I think it's got to be that way. Godwin seems like he's finally finally healthy. He was dealing with the neck, then he was dealing with the knee. This week he looked great, so I think you've got to bench JSN. He's the only one, only one of those guys that's not a full time player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayambi Fairburn, Fairburn, Fairbamo, Fairbamo. I know that guy. Kayambi Fairburn or Justin Tucker? It's got to be Justin Tucker. Tucker has to be Tucker. Although I have Fairburn ranked fairly bar, I'm fairly barnish on him in my rankings this week, but. Not, I have Tucker like four. Uh, Justin Herbert is my QB. Should I start Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, or Baker? That's tough because I like Kyler. John and Pemba like Stafford. So we need a tiebreaker, Britt. 
Yeah. Kyler against Kyler against the Bears or Stafford has the Saints. It's tough either way. Um honestly though, with Marshawn Lattimore still being on IR and again the Alante Taylor situation, I think I'm going Stafford. John John's is the QB guru, so I you everyone should be siding with him. I just like Kyler, man. I like the I think that game's gonna be fun. Two cool two little quarterbacks, Fields and Kyler scampering but around he's, everywhere. He's also got a lower body injury though. He'll be scampering around, okay? He's fine. Book it. Book it. <laughs> There you go, dude. Rami, Rami, uh, easy for me to say. Uh, Barney Rubble, that's what that was there. Uh, which two wide receivers between Terry McLaurin, Devonta Smith, OBJ, and JSN? Mm. I don't like. I don't like McLaurin. I don't yeah. like OBJ. I think it's Devonta Smith and JSN for me. That's that's where I'm leaning as well. OBJ mm. has been good, but the targets and the snaps aren't there. It's just yeah. been some big plays. So. Are you looking for consistency or are you looking for big play? Because I think JSN has the safer floor. If you're looking for a big play, go OBJ. But definitely Devonta Smith. For sure. Yep. I'm 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 fully on board with that. OBJ just he scares me, man. He scares me. Uh should I start Swift over any of these? McBride, Kelsey, JT, Connor. I'm not gonna start him over McBride or Kelsey, but I mm-hmm. might over JT or Connor. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yep. Yeah, I think I would start him over Connor, honestly. Yeah, it's not a good spot for Connor. The Bears defense is better than they were. They're getting better incrementally, to be honest. They're so good. Since getting Montez Sweat, they're literally only allowing 90 yards per game to running backs. Like, that's it. Yeah, Eddie Jackson back had kind of kept Laporta in check, too. I I do worry about the Bears defense. Uh, Colts or Broncos defense? Colts are playing the Falcons and the Broncos playing the Patriots. We got to go Broncos, right? Yeah, we got to go Broncos. Patriots stink. Go Patriots. Um, Makes you feel real good, huh? Sta- Saquon or Curtis Samuel in standard? Ooh, it's standard. That's a curveball. Uh, I almost always start the running back in standard. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning to. I know... That the Giants don't, you know, score a ton, but right. Washington also has a very tough matchup against the Jets. Yeah. Broncos versus Pats, Eagles against the Giants or Packers defense this week. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still going Broncos. I don't I don't trust the Eagles defense. Right. Packers Waller's back. It's down honestly, Eagles with Darius layout, like I I rank them third because the Packers are facing the Panthers. I would consider the Packers too, but I just start the Broncos against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's rapid fire through these and then we can get to underdog and then we'll do a wallet party. Uh, Browns or Colts defense? I'm going to go Browns. Still Browns. I know they've kind of fallen apart over the past couple weeks, but they still get the sacks and turnovers. Exactly. Colts get a lot of sacks, but like the Falcons don't really give you a lot of opportunities with a weird playbook. Like they, they're not, they're not like very strange team. It's actually hard to kind of rack up points against them unless Bijan's going to get tackled for another safety, of which it's happened like four times, I feel. Uh, Shoot me. Full PPR defense, Baltimore, Casey, Philly, or Chicago. Saving the start sit for tomorrow for running back wide receiver. Appreciate you, Brad. That helps us out. Mm-hmm. Can't start, can't start Baltimore against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I was our Casey against the Raiders, honestly. Yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning to. 
I was trying to decide between KC and Chicago, but yeah, KC. Baker or Mullins, then Seahawks or Colts? I'm going Baker, and then I'm going Seahawks. Yeah. I don't mind the Colts there. Colts actually quietly rack, racking up sacks this year. I think they're like top five in sacks. So. And uh, Grover Stewart's back. Uh, Zeke or Monty? Zeke. I'm going Zeke. You can't go away from Zeke right now, especially in full PPR. But is Ramondre going to play? If Ramondre plays, then there's not even a question to be asked. That's the situation. <laughs> like, I need I need more information. Oh, yeah. Well, if Ramondre plays, then you're definitely not starting Zeke. You're starting Monty. But if, yeah. if Ramondre's out, then it's easily Zeke. So that, right. question, that question is going to answer itself in a couple of days. Uh, for me, I'm sticking with Trey McBride. Maybe Trey McBride, rest of season, locked in, tight end two, behind only Travis Kills. Yeah. Kittle doesn't even have a good matchup against the Ravens, to be honest. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, needs three out of these guys, so bench two out of Tony Pollard, Kyron Williams. You're going to start Kyron, Kyron Williams no matter what, mm-hmm. and you're going to start Jameer Gibbs no matter what. So he actually just needs to bench one of these Do guys. Do we bench Bijan? Do yeah. we bench Bijan? Is that the situation? I feel like I don't I, like this at all. I feel like ownership is begging Arthur Smith to use the good players. So I'm I might bench Pollard. We have to bench Pollard. The Colts are literally 23rd in rush DVOA. They've given up the fourth most fantasy points to the running back. Like we just have to hope and pray that Arthur Smith actually uses Bijan the way that he should be utilized. Well, yeah. So or we have to just hope and pray that Arthur Smith gets fired. That'd be nice too. But anyway, let's take a quick break to give a shout out to our friends over at Underdog. Yeah, get the lights going, get fired up for Underdog Fantasy. You can get signed up over there right now if you use promo code ALARM or just click this little thing over in front of Britt. Britt, you can point at that for everybody. Uh, Click that, get set up over there. If you deposit uh, $100 now, they'll match your deposit up to, although to match your deposit 100% of whatever you deposit up to 100. So if you put in 20, they'll give you 20. You put in 100, they'll give you 100. Honestly, you're going to use it anyway, because even if you don't use it for the pick contests that are going on now, you're going to do it for best ball when you do the Fantasy Alarm best ball drafts with us and all that stuff. So, I mean, take advantage of it while you can. Uh, they don't always have that stuff going. So get in there, get going. Uh, they've yet to give us the featured play for this week, unless you've seen one, Britt. Have you seen anything on there? Yeah, they no, usually give yeah. you... Uh, for Thursday, they'll give you a little discount, right? Uh, we've already given a couple plays for Thursday. I'll give mine for this weekend. Uh, again, I like to do a Thursday play and then I do a weekend play. So I've given you a couple uh, weekend picks. I'm going to give you a Thursday pick tomorrow. I think, Britt, you've got a Thursday one going on today. Uh, but mine for this weekend is Dalton Kincaid set at 30 and a half receiving yards. That's right. There it is. Uh, that's my boy. And I'm, I have to go higher on this one. I'm willing to write off last week completely for two reasons. One, he comes out early in the game and he's got the wrong gloves on. He's wearing these like rain gloves that only really work when they're wet and it just wasn't wet enough. So he drops the balls. They show him on the broadcast switching gloves. And by that time, the game was out of hand. They didn't really throw much from that point on. In fact, they only threw 15 total times. Dolan Kincaid, people say, oh, he only got two targets. Stephon Diggs only got four targets. Right. Like, so this game script this week is totally different. They're playing one of the worst defenses versus the tight end. I think he easily surpasses that 30 and a half yards. And I'm willing to start in my real leagues. So let me get the higher on Mr. Dolan Kincaid. What do you got, Brent? Yeah, I'm with that. Um, I am going to stick with a player from Thursday night. 
and that is Cooper Cup. Six receptions. I have to go higher than this. Over the past three weeks, he's hit this number, and we love to mention Alante Taylor, right? Uh, playing out of the slot, giving up a ton of catches. Cooper Cup plays a ton of snaps out of the slot, even when he does go out wide. I absolutely love this match for Cooper Cup. He's not the only receiver in this offense anymore. They have to worry about Puka Nakua. Recently, they've had to worry about Demarcus Robinson. So he's not going to draw all the coverage that he was drawing early on in the season. I'd love for him to have higher than six receptions. Oh, yeah. Get it in there. And I'm going to give you guys one tomorrow. So we'll get a whole Thursday one set up for tomorrow. Brits pick Cooper Cup. Howard's going to have a pick tomorrow. I'll have a pick. So get in there. Get set up with promo code ALARM over at Underdog right now if you're not set up yet. If you're a first-time subscriber, they'll give you 100 bucks, up to 100 if you deposit 100 If you want to put in 20 they'll match you up to 20 So get set up now. Play the Pick'em games, which are a lot of fun, and uh, and and go Fantasy Alarm. All right? So let's go, baby. Uh, yeah, I think now, Britt, you know what? Might be time for our holiday party. What do you say? Is it time for the party? I think I'm it so is. I'm so ready for the party. It's time for the party. Burns, are you ready to are you ready to party yet? Or are you still getting are you still getting ready for party time? Burns is gonna be fashionably late to the party. Burns is gonna be fashionably late yeah, to the party. Give me one minute. There he is. <laughs> Producer Ryan Burns, still getting ready for the party. Here's what we're doing for holiday party, folks. And I would love to hear from you guys in the chat to see who you would invite to the holiday party. But what we're doing here is we're taking NFL players and relating them to anyone holiday related, any characters, movies, whatever that you can think of that uh, that you think would be a good fit for them. Here, I'll give you the first example. I'll go first. Uh, I'm inviting Jimmy Graham, a.k.a. the ghost of Christmas past. Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham coming out of nowhere, coming out of retirement, which is what I thought, yeah. to go sign with his old team, the Saints, even without Sean Payton there. He has six receptions this year. Six four touchdowns dude so jimmy graham showing up to the party jingle jangling with the chains the ghost of christmas past haunting Taysom hill owners who just got five yards from him this week haunting juan johnson owners foster Moreau, jimmy graham dude shout out jimmy graham i cannot believe that every time that jimmy graham's name is set up on red zone i'm like what the hell is happening or what year am i in am i in 2013 what is Seriously. Hey, Brian Burns made it to the party. What's up? Producer Brian Burns out from behind the glass. And look at the festive setup there. How long did it take you to set that up? Ah, uh, you know, it was just a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, my dude. All right, wait. Since you're the since you're the fresh guest in, I just did my first one, Jimmy Graham, Ghost of Christmas Past. Who you got? Who are you inviting to the NFL holiday Christmas party? Uh, first on my list, I'm going with Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Trayvon Diggs. Uh, and basically the family in the movie The Ref. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, it is fantastic. Uh, Dennis Leary basically is uh, hes a thief that gets caught up with this family that they, they just do nothing but fight. And uh, I feel like that's kind of been the uh, what's going on in uh, Buffalo and... With a little sprinkling of Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> Dennis Leary. Oh, wow. I'm looking at this. I've not seen this movie. But dude, it's hilarious. It's there's great. a pretty loaded cast here, dude. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I mean, what the heck? Judy Davis. This is, that's interesting, man. So, uh, have you seen that one, Britt, The Ref? 
I haven't. I don't oh. watch movies. Y'all know that I don't watch movies. I don't know that, and I don't like you as much now. Uh, that's what I'm saying, dude. What the heck? You gotta you listen. I grew up. I grew up on a farm. We had satellite. We had one little convenience store that had maybe 20 VHS tapes. I did not have the opportunity to watch movies. Here we go. The old farm story again. Oldest trick in the book. (laughs) You all gather around the radio and listen to the stories. We actually used our antenna and tilted it the right way when the wind was blowing correctly so that we could watch the Cowboys game out of the Little, uh, Little Rock station. And there was always snow on the TV. And I wondered for the longest time why it was snowing in Texas and why we were never getting snow. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you grew up in a third world country. You know? uh, (laughs) Not disputing that. AA wants you to invite Taylor Swift. Who would she be in this NFL Christmas tale? Well, guess what? I am inviting Travis Kelsey. So she would come by proxy. Um, I equate Travis Kelsey to being this just very joyous, very optimistic, happy-go-lucky, very fun life-of-the-party person. And so he is my elf. Like Buddy the Elf. Oh, yeah, Buddy the Elf. That's actually... (laughs) That's exactly him, dude. And so I think, obviously, I did include him on my list so that Taylor could come with him. Um... So that I wouldn't be a weirdo being like, Taylor, come to my party. No, if I invite Travis and Taylor comes and it's like a little coincidence. But I do feel like Travis Kelsey is the embodiment of Elf. Seeing him eat the weirdest things that he eats in these commercials, um, the spaghetti with the maple syrup and Elf, I feel like that would be something that Travis Kelsey would do. And he would just be so fun at a holiday party. Yeah, And then he just amazes you with his athleticism like the snowball fight. Yes, I, I do. I have to watch that one this year because I, I don't think I watched it last year. Dude, I laugh out loud every time he jumps onto the Christmas tree. You remember it's, he jumps off? Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Can you imagine the the filming of that movie was actually done on the New York streets and everything that he did on the street was improv? No. Can you really? imagine? Yes. Can you imagine that. being one of these people in New York City? Having Will Ferrell dressed as an elf come up to you and ask to like sit on your lap or whatever. You know what I mean? Like how have you ever seen his Saturday Night Live audition tape? No. Dude, he does this impersonation of a cat. He just gets up on the stage and has a ball and just acts like a cat. It's incredible. It's so funny. You have to see it. Like his improv is outstanding. That's um, I, I'll check that out after this. But that's the only thing he does for this audition. I, I think he has like <laughs> maybe he does something else. But that that was the memorable part. Like he does it for like two <laughs> minutes and it's not boring. Like you're watching you're like this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. All right. I got one more. I got another one for you guys. Uh, I got one. You guys seen the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen? You seen oh, that one? Brent? Oh, oh. oh, so they did have that one in Arkansas. They had that one. That, that, <laughs> v- that VHS was part of the rotation. Okay, so Isaiah Likely is Tim Allen in The Santa Claus, and that would make Mark Andrews. So basically, Mark Andrews was Santa Claus who fell off the roof, and Isaiah Likely just picked up his clothes, and now he's Santa Claus. Because just stepped right into his role. I almost made, <laughs> if you think that's bad, I almost made Aaron Rodgers Santa from that movie where he just dies two five minutes in the movie. 
But no, I went on the positive side. Isaiah likely is the Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. That's so good. I can't. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Kaskinen says that that one's on every day on Spectrum. So now, yeah, when you watch it now, picture Isaiah likely just putting that coat and hat on, being like, I'm Santa Claus now. What's up? And it it's so proper because it did take Tim Allen a little while to develop into Santa Claus. It took Isaiah Likely a little while, a little while. to start yeah. running the routes and getting the targets, but now first, he's full the, on. That first game, he did not want to be Santa Claus. Dude. <laughs> no, zero, zero receptions that first game. He was That was him still in Tim Allen denial when he was like, this ain't happening. But <laughs> now, now, he's, now he's fully embraced it in the red suit. It's perfect. Yeah. Move on. I can't. What do you got? What do you got, Burns? Uh, next, I'm going with uh, the Dallas Cowboys and uh, relating them to the movie Die Hard because they always die hard. God damn it. <laughs> I, was, I saw that in the show shit. I was like, where is he going with this? You know? <laughs> I can't because Got it's him. so accurate because it is accurate. And then we always argue, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Are the Cowboys a playoff team? Wait, it's the same argument that we have at the same time every single season. Okay, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, they have a top 150 list of Christmas movies. Take a look at it because there are like Dude, 15 the, to 20 movies on there that I was like, I don't know if that's a Christmas not movie. a Christmas movie. Yeah. I saw, I was looking at the same list because I was like, oh, Christmas movies, let's check it out. There's a few on there. Batman Returns is on there. Yeah. In what uh, world? In I mean, there is Christmas within the movie, but it's not like Die Hard where it's like a Christmas movie. Come on now. I mean, the thing I've heard arguments for both sides, but the the biggest argument in favor isn't that Christmas is integral to the plot, which I think it is. You know, people say, you know, uh, right, like that you could switch it out for Thanksgiving, right? I think the number one argument is that there are like seven Christmas songs in the movie. That's a good argument. And here's the thing. My buddy, he's got a... Uh, a couple of toddlers, little girls, and they, they actually got a Christmas book, a, like a die-hard Christmas book for kids. Like, they make those. So there there you go. It's official. I got to I gotta get myself a Batman Returns Christmas book. No, for a little, it's not a Christmas for a little movie. I, according to the internet, it is. Yeah, according yeah to because the, internet. the internet's never wrong. It's never been wrong. All right, friend, what do you got? Who are you inviting to the party next? Oh, man. So, um... I'm just going to invite the entire Giants wide receiving core because I've been talking about them since the season started, about them being the island of misfit toys. <laughs> and, and you can go back. It's on record on Fantasy Alarm in my articles. I've literally called their receiving core the island of misfit toys, and they 100% are. We... From week to week, we don't know. We can even include Tommy DeVito in there. Like, what is he doing here? Um, from week to week, we never know what we're going to get out of that receiving game. It's just a kind of bunch of guys sprinkled in here. At one point, I called it the elephant graveyard for slot receivers. Right. Um, and it just, it feels very just piecemeal and mix and match. And I feel like the Island of Misfit Toys is the perfect analogy for the Giants wide receiver room. It's just so many of them uh, that play every single week, right? Like Jalen, this this past week, here's who got snaps. And obviously, Jamison Crowder was getting them early on. He's gone. But Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, 
Also a couple snaps for Gunnar Olszewski, which until this moment, I did not even know was on the Giants. So, yeah. the, island, the island of misfit toys. All right. Uh, let me see. I have a, I have another one. Have you guys seen, and again, I'm talking to Burns here because you probably haven't seen it, <laughs> but have you seen the movie Klaus? No. Wait, the cartoon? Yeah, on Netflix. I have seen it. I Burn. love that movie. Burns. This is, dude, this is, I'm, I'm not it kidding. Makes me is this cry. new? It's new. It's on Netflix. And I'm not kidding you when I say this is my number one favorite Christmas movie. And I've seen them all. Except the ref. Except the ref. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Leary's a Boston guy. So you'd think I might have snuck in on that one. Let's go, dude. That's your assignment. Watch Klaus. This movie's amazing. Amazing. Well, give, me, give me a premise. What goes on? Just have to I'll, I'll give you the quick premise and I'll do it in the, in the, um, in the uh, guise of what I'm talking about here. So the main character, Jesper Johansson, uh, who in this story is Kyle Pitts, his father is the head of the post office. And he's kind of like a spoiled brat. So his father, he thinks he's just going to take over the post office. His father sends him up to this far off island called Smearinsburg, which pictures Fallbard, the island's Fallbard, or like, you know, way up in Greenland or whatever. And he has to collect letters, a ton of letters. Set up, a, he has to set up a post office there, collect letters, and send them back. So that's it. That's the premise of the movie, and you can kind of surmise what happens from that point on. But Kyle Pitts has been Jesper Johansson this year, sent up to exile in Smearinsburg, where he has not played many. He's been playing like half the snaps. Uh, he hasn't gotten good usage. But as of late, towards the end of this story. He's now running 90% of the routes in back-to-back games. Obviously, it was a washout this week. But back-to-back games, now, all of a sudden, the mysterious character shows up, Taylor Heineke, to potentially boost that passing game. Maybe maybe Kyle Pitts will have a happy ending. And I don't want to spoil Klaus for you, but like many kids' movies that are about Christmas, I can say that the ending may be potentially happy. So uh, Have tissues. Have your tissues ready. Everybody out there, go check out Klaus. Have you guys not seen Klaus? And Chris Sellers kind of is Klaus. He's kind of, or oh no, Sellers is saying that he's the mailman. I don't know. Yeah. Sellers, you've got a little bit of Klaus in you. You've got a little bit of Jesper Johansson in you. you got both. A little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. He's a Gemini. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Burns, definitely check that out. Do you have another one for us before we uh, jump off here? Uh, yeah. I've, I'm going to invite the Raiders and... Uh, they're, they're the movie the night before because every year at the end of the season, I have to do all the drugs in that movie to get over the season. <laughs> Dude, so what is the night before? I've never Dude, seen it's that. with uh, it's Seth Rogen and uh, all those guys. They just do a ton oh. of drugs on like Christmas Eve. It's great. Oh, that sounds awesome, dude. All right, I will check that one out too, dude. Yeah, his his I, wife basically is like, "Hey, go out, get crazy," and gives him like a little box, and it's got like every drug you could possibly want. Oh, Nathan it's Fielder's in that. I love it's Nathan really funny. Fielder. Miley Cyrus, dude. This movie's loaded. Michael, Sh- what does Michael Shannon do in this movie? I don't know who that is. He's like the most serious actor ever. He always plays some like hardo cop. Maybe he's got Tracy Morgan, dude. What is this list of people in this movie? <laughs> it's a great movie. You should right. watch. Dude, you and me got to each make a list of movies for each other to watch, Burns, because I haven't seen any of your movies. You haven't seen mine. Yeah. Let's do it. I think, have y'all seen Violent Night? Not yet, but I feel like it's a ripoff of Fat Man. No, it's so good. It's so great. I've is heard it a scary it's, movie? It's so, 
No, no, oh. it's basically like an action movie around, based around Christmas, but like a shoot 'em up, right? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and, David Harbour's in it? Yes. Look and up so, Batman too, though. John, Mel Gibson John, does the same movie like two years earlier. John John Leguizamo's in it? Yeah, it's pretty great. It's definitely hilarious. So okay. I had to I had to add that to the list just so I could put my Arkansas bias on here and include Steve Atwater at the party because that dude was violent. As he well. was violent, dude. The cool, <laughs> the, there are some clips of him just destroying people. Yeah, yeah, dude. This movie got good reviews. Yeah, I'm surprised, dude. Violent Night on Rotten Tomatoes, 88 from audience, 73 from critics. I'm telling you, it's great. You need to watch it. So now I got a whole list of movies to watch. Uh, well, I guess that wraps our Christmas party here. Burns, thank you for jumping out from behind the glass where we normally keep you. Britt, thank you for popping on, filling in for Howard Bender. And everybody in the chat, thank you for hanging out with us. Hopefully we're able to answer most of your questions there. If not, get them into the Discord. That's where all our guys are hanging out. Tomorrow, depending on what goes on with the electricity over there, should have Howard Bender back. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. I'll be doing that show. I'll be doing a show, obviously, right before Thursday Night Football with John and Pema answering all your questions. Britt, tell the people what you got coming up, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, matchup previews come out on Thursday, which is tomorrow, I guess. I'm losing track of days of the week because it is the holiday season. Um, Have Britt's Blitz on Friday. My Sleeper Picks articles come out tomorrow and on Sunday. Also, the Start Sit show with myself and John and Pema. Awesome. There you go. All right, folks. We'll catch you. Good luck this week. Adios, turd nuggets. <laughs> 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 <laughs>